We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's the good? Lucky Lefty Podcast. Brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norwhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey at norwhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. And CFB Nation presented by Twisted Tea. Hey. Hey. Get you some Twisted Good tea. Hey. Little step to it, little Sunday step to yes, it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, left. Let me tell you something, man. I feel good. I came home, had me some barbecue brisket that was absolutely wonderful, left. That's bless, right. Bless That's my, right. Bless my soul. So I didn't have time to worry about the Denver Broncos and the Bears. I had to do I had look. The Panthers and the Bears lost. That means they are the only two winless teams, which means the Bears get the number one and number two pick right now. This is bananas. This right here might be epic. The Bears might actually have the number one and the number two overall pick in the upcoming draft. This right here can Bo Nix and Lyman. They're definitely taking Bo Nix. They're definitely taking both Knicks. That's 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 what they do. They go one first, first and second pick will take Bo Knicks in a in a in a and a tight end or something. Something you don't need. Oh man, absolutely. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Lev has a lot to say, but I'm going to start it off with this. We're moving on to an undefeated Louisville team. That's the next challenge. But we're up to 30 consecutive wins against ACC teams. 30. About to be 31. Now I'm sure this this entire week, Notre Dame fans are going to tell us how good Louisville is and Louisville's dangerous and they got Jeff Brom. Man, we got to watch out for Louisville. I'm I'm sure we're going to hear it all week. That's right. It's a reason why it says two things can be true at the bottom for our theme tonight, left. Two and things can that? be true. And what is that? The first truth was that was a very close and hotly contested college football game that came down to the wire last night. Yeah, it's definitely uh, very competitive. The other truth is Duke is not that good, and people need to stop. Very true also. Duke is not that good. This whole everybody pumped them up. Oh, Duke is not that good. What we saw last night was a C-plus D effort from Notre Dame. C-plus to a D. I can't wait for you to give your grades, love. So you mean to tell me Notre Dame walked into that stadium and put forth a C-plus D effort and won? And I'm supposed to believe that the opponent was great losing at home, but the other team putting forth a C-plus effort? No, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. With three minutes left can't, in the third third quarter left, with three minutes left in the third quarter, that team was shut out, had no points. Yeah, that's what I, I just don't, you know, it goes back to us being hyper-focused on offense, neglecting the fact that our defense almost pitched a shutout in back-to-back weeks against really good teams. The average college football team that's good, even in fights like these, aren't pitching the defensive the defensive numbers that other teams are facing. You saw a North Carolina State team go against Louisville last night. It was a lot of points scored. That's not an ACC game when Notre Dame comes into town. And if you watch that North Carolina State-Louisville game, you shouldn't be impressed with Louisville. Louisville was trying to give it away the whole time. Man. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that, you know, Duke gave us a really good shot, but it's about us and what we didn't do. And I think a lot of it was us playing down to their level. Mm-hmm. It made them look like the, the players that we should have recruited instead of the players that couldn't get there. 
And when we need to, and it always proves true. Whenever, you know, the game gets close or whenever the, the better team is playing, at the end of the day, the better team's going to win if you don't score points. And Duke scoring 13 or however may have you or 14 wasn't going to be good enough to beat us regardless. Regardless. Yeah. I don't yeah. care if it was a 99.9 yard have to go to score. We were going to win that game. Yeah. You don't you don't score minimal points and then rely on your defense to stop the team that's better than you to go in to win. We did it against Ohio State and lost, and Duke did it against us and lost. You have to score points to win the football game. Duke obviously didn't have nothing for us. They had to resort to a quarterback run game to get anything really going, and that's like Duke doesn't even win that way. Bro, look, I see somebody in the chat. Duke didn't prove anything to us. Malik and I were texting during the game. Duke is is mid, very mid. This team is all Duke's going to be ready for Notre Dame. If Notre Dame executed, Notre Dame would have been up 23, 30 to nothing. Easy. Penalties. I don't know what Zeke Carell was on. Like, there's nothing to go with the penalties, the mistakes in the red zone. Duke had, Duke had nothing to do with that. Rico Flores dropping a seven-yard pass in the red zone that would have given us second down at the three-yard line. That ain't got nothing to do with Duke. He's wide open. Wide open. That, that's what would be 17 to nothing. Easy. Yeah, most of them are wide open all night. Easy. And we want to sit up here talking about what Duke did. Duke didn't do anything. Duke had two good drives the whole game. That's it. That's it. And that was the end of the game. That's it. All these men, Duke's going to put up points. Duke scored 14 points, bro. Barely. But they, but they were so ready for Notre Dame. They scored 14 points. That's it. And there is no one in this chat, if we said Duke was going to score 14 points, that would have said, oh, okay, Notre Dame's only going to score 21. Notre Dame dominated this team in their place for three quarters. Dominated. It wasn't even close. Please, don't lie to yourself. There is no one that watched that game for three quarters that thought Duke as a team was anywhere near Notre Dame. I don't care what the fun. That's just why this is why we say two things can be true. Yeah. Duke is mid. They're mid. Because if Duke was the great team that everybody thought they would have beat Notre Dame by at least 10 points last night. Notre Dame put put, put forth a C plus D effort. C plus D and one on the road in ACC. They definitely did. And, you know, what's even crazier about it is that with a C-plus effort, they still wasn't able to give us anything to worry about. The defense played well on a C-plus effort to hold a team that has so many different things that people thought they were going to beat us Yes, yeah. He wasn't worried about nothing that Duke was having on offense. Hell, Duke was trying to find a way to score, and they couldn't most of the game. Yeah. It's just the, the epitome of what Notre Dame's been – from the perspective of offense, that it overshadows, overshadows the efforts 
of a defense that's doing really well. And mm -hmm. a lot of that is because you you leave so much more you want for so much more out of your offense in games like these because this should have been no different than us versus North Carolina State. We should have been scoring in bunches and scoring without issues because of the mismatch problems. I mean, Mitchell Evans continues to be the leading player on the offense, which is funny because it's like we would have thought we would have went a different direction with a, the amount of talent that we've been able to amass. Even Chris Tyree should be, you know, having an – uh, having a day each and every game, especially we keep seeing after they keep seeing it all 22 caught up. So it's just really interesting that Sam Hartman is taking a step back, in my opinion. You know, a lot of people thought it was a good game yeah. and heroic effort, but I thought it was a step back. There's no way in the world you leave there with 21 points with the amount of open things that he was missed, he, he missed some throws. Third period, he missed Rico in the same wide open. Just overthrew him. Um, any ball he threw to Tobias, I have no problem. Uh, yeah, Tobias Merriweather, dude, we tried to tell you all about Tobias Merriweather as a podcast. And everybody was like, oh, you know, you guys are hating. We're like, okay. We're getting inside information. You don't want to listen to us. That's fine. But now the fan base is turning on this kid. And it's like, we told you to be patient. It's not a talent. It's urgency. Coaching can only go so far. Coaching is like parenting, love. At some point, you have to allow what you have coached to be proven on the field. That's right. And at that point, it's going to come down to that individual. Tobias Merriweather has to take accountability for the way he's playing right now. It's not Chancey Stuckey. It's not the system. It's not Marcus Freeman. It's him. It's him. And I'm going to say this because people, must, people are not hearing me. I've been saying this for about three weeks. The Atlantic Coast Conference for the ACC is terrible. Really terrible. They're mid. Notre Dame has won 30 straight games. No, I'm not worried about Louisville. If Notre Dame plays their game, they will beat every team in the ACC. No, I'm not worried about Louisville. Notre Dame can play a C game against Louisville and win on the road. So, no, I'm not worried about Louisville. Syracuse was undefeated until yesterday. You saw what Clemson did to them. All these undefeated ACC teams, they're fraudulent. They're frauds. They're not good. They're not. And they haven't played anybody. They just haven't. But if you all want to, if fans want to build up how tough Louisville is going to be, this season is about Notre Dame and who they are as a team. If Notre Dame plays their game and they execute, they're going to easily beat anybody in the ACC, period. Worry about anybody. your team. Anybody. We, stop we, trying we, to build anybody. up, stop trying to build up Duke, Louisville. There's one team from a talent standpoint that would Florida give State. Notre Thank you, that's it. If Notre Dame plays Florida State. Problem too. 
Say it again. Clemson has oh, a absolute problem too. So, but Clemson has a quarterback problem. He can't read coverages pre-snap. <laughs> he can't. Said the man can't recover. He can't. He can't. And and I'll say this: that's one of the most um, brilliant things that I will tip my cap to Al Golden for. He thoroughly confused Riley Leonard last night. Absolutely, absolutely. Thoroughly had Riley Leonard confused, and Riley Leonard is an athlete. Correct me if I'm wrong, Caleb. He's a better athlete than he is a quarterback right now. You think he's a good athlete? For that size? Have you seen his basketball highlights, though? No, it's basketball for sure. But Damn, that dude was putting down two-hand alley-oops. He's pretty athletic. But that's he's, crafty he's not, he's, not Lamar, he's not Lamar Jackson. But I'm saying compared, I'm saying pretty athletic in the arena of what though? Mm-hmm. He's not Lamar, but he's not Caleb Williams either. Caleb Williams athletic in his own way. You can you can notice that, but you know Riley Leonard's just a well conditioned guy that you know plays the game the right way and. You know, if he sees it, he takes it. But I wouldn't yeah. say he's yeah. a athlete yeah. to where athletes around him uh, fail in comparison or can't keep up. Like, for instance, they don't, they is don't Sam have... Hartman an athlete or is Sam Hartman knows how to play the game? Like, 4 for 16, was that an athletic play made by Sam? Or was that Sam knowing how to play the game, just getting what he saw and being, you know, good decision-making? I, you know, I was shocked because on second and 16 and third and 16, they did such a good job of applying pressure. I was shocked they went to only rushing three. That's what we did last yeah. week. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you, we that's, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why teams do that because they literally had great Two success. Good second and 16, blitzes. third and 16. Getting them off his spot, and then they come with a three man and back him up and and let Sam Hartman scramble for 16 yards. It is once again, bro. Maybe, maybe they didn't watch our film from last week. It would have been maybe, like, we're not doing that. <laughs> maybe we do a poor job of explaining things. And I'm because I'm gonna say it again. The ACC is mid. Duke is mid. If you're impressed. That a D C plus effort from Notre Dame was able to beat Duke, and that's supposed to be so great. But you're impressed by Duke. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. That whole game, Duke had two drives that were successful. That's it. The sad part was we were sitting there at the end of the game saying, Notre Dame is really about to allow a team to have two good drives in that's a game. It and lose the game. That's it. So I'm more disappointed in Notre Dame than I am impressed with Duke. Tell me what Duke did that was impressive. Notre Dame had plenty of opportunities in the red zone to put up points. Notre Dame missed the field goal. Oh, man. Oh, man. Notre Dame was awful, bro. I do. 
the first touchdown drive, Notre Dame gave it to him with offsides, just lining up offsides. Just this man, an undisciplined Notre Dame team. Yeah. They were totally undisciplined yesterday. The most totally. undisciplined, the most undisciplined game they've played all year. Without a shadow of a doubt. And they went on the road in the ACC and won. They played the it's, most undisciplined game. Really, held a team that's yes, ranked yes. to 14 points late. But that's not a surprise because we held an Ohio State team that was ranked top five late to 11. Bro, Mitchell Evans was dragging Duke players. Oh, you, man. You think I'm impressed? Oh, man. He was. With the Duke secondary when Mitchell Evans was dragging them all night. Three, four at a time. All unfair. night long. Unfair, unfair. He was unfair. All night long. Finally, we see a team with their safeties eight, ten yards off the ball, and finally Jared Parker throws the ball deep on the first play. It's like teams beg us to throw and, and so, they don't Tobias has Tobias has to do beat by like three, four yards. Catch the ball. Catch the ball. You go watch the first half offensively. If Notre Dame, Notre Dame will get six yards on on first down. Ball start. I don't know what Z Carell was on. Ball start. Like, these are things that had absolutely nothing to do with the opponent. Nothing. And please don't tell me the environment had you shook. No. It's Wade Wallace Stadium. Like, oh, Wallace Wade said, like, dude, nobody's shaking because of that environment. No that's one. A, that's a wreck park turned into. None. They added. They added a couple more seats to the stadium. You know, it's. Side note, it's this young quarterback at Virginia Tech. He's nice. He transferred in from. Uh, what he transfer in from? He's nice. Left. He's real nice. He transferred from somewhere to get to Virginia Tech? Yeah, I think he transferred from, like, another Power 5 program. But he's he's nice. He's nice. He, he's, he, he, bruh, stop that. That is one of the silliest things I've ever heard. False starts are part of the game. What? There's no coach in America that's sitting in his film room Saying, oh, don't worry about that false start. It's part of the game. It's the most idiotic statement I've ever heard. False starts are part of the game. Go tell Joe Rudolph that in this film session. And watch what he says. Yeah, he's, he's looking at Zeke Carell today. Say, Zeke, don't worry about it. You ruined the drive. You ruined two drives with them. But, you know, don't even worry about it. False starts are part of the game. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard, man. It's stop terrible. trying to try, stop trying to build up a terrible conference. There's, two things can be true. It was a close game, and Duke is not as good as people tried to make them out to be. Yeah, come on. You can't be good. They're just not. That, yeah, it's just... They're not. 
Them losing that game signify why they aren't good. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It was more of a loss for them than it was for us. We didn't make it look good, but they definitely lost that game. uh, People might not want to hear this. Notre Dame is not as good as Ohio State. Yeah, we're not. not. We're not. They're not. They're not. And if we was, there's no way we let them win the way they did. There is no way, the same way Ohio State came into Notre Dame Stadium (laughs) and played a C game. There's no way, yeah. And played a C game and won. It's the same way Notre Dame walked into that stadium. And did exactly what Ohio State did. And did exactly what Ohio State did to us. And and we were upset before, but in reality, we are not better than them. Because only teams that are good, teams that are good would never let that happen. We would have finished that game and would have had more points than what we had scored in the game before. So it wasn't a good effort. We weren't the better team that day. And Duke must have not watched last week's film. Because they thought that what they were going to give was going to be enough. And that's not how it works. Got to score points. And you can't score is, points to try to play field position with teams that you think that you're better than. It doesn't work like that. And look, I will say this. It takes a lot of toughness to be in the position that they were. and win that game. Sam Hartman made plays. Howard Cross made plays. This cat Howard Cross had 13 tackles last night, bro. And the game winning tackles. So three, sack three and a half tackles for loss and the game winning sack. Sack fumble. Play, playing his tail off, bro. That's what we need. Playing his tail off. I will say this because I know this is something you really want to tap into. Watching the Notre Dame offense the last two weeks has been very boring. And I don't know what has happened to Jared Parker. Maybe it's the, I don't know. It is very boring, very vanilla. I understand the depth at wide receiver last night was an issue. But even with that, it's like, bro, I I just don't under, like, there is a number 12 on your roster on offense. How is he not being featured in the second half? How? How is he not getting touches like he got in the first half? It definitely looks like a paralysis by analysis us thinking that we can be base and basic against a team that we're better than. So you would feel as if you don't need to do anything special in order to beat this football team. But unfortunately, when you go into these matchups, you got to still be creative. You got to still game plan, like as if a team is watching you and studying you because doing the basic stuff after a while with no ingenuity, you 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 find yourself in tough spots because the basic stuff that should work can't work because teams are used to it. And then when you when you when you're on the same page mm-hmm. psychologically or when they, when you know you got somebody 
and you know when things are coming, you're on that same wavelength, things that are easy money for us on paper are extremely difficult. So you can't roll out of there thinking, okay, we can do base runs. We're just going to run it right through them, give them the Ohio State treatment, wear them down. Teams that are mentally ready for it, it's a different positioning when trying to just run stuff. You have to always stay creative. You have to always stay innovative. And even if you're running the same things, you have to dress it up differently because teams are literally scouting you games and really game playing against the things that you want to do. And once that happens, you have to look at a Notre Dame as a football team where where are tier one players? Mm-hmm. Tier one, not the good football team that we have, but the tier one guys that, that, that may do the certain things but are like, oh, well, we can run left like an Aldrich estimate. We can run it with 30 seconds left, and Aldrich estimate can turn something that's not supposed to be a touchdown into a touchdown. That's why Aldrich came through last night. He's a tier one player. Outside of Aldrich estimate, who's our tier one? We know Sam's not tier one. We know Sam can help you stay in a game. Sam, so, can, I mean, Joe Alt on the offensive line is tier one. We, well, Blake, we're talking Blake about is, tier one from scoring points. It's tough. It's tough, man. It, I, I, uh, I will say this. Your two freshman wide receivers are going to be really good. Yeah, I think because so. For them to do what they're doing right now, they're going to be really good because they're really good. Both of them are really good at running routes. Yeah, and that's how you get on the field. And they both can block. They both block their butts off. They got that freshman spirit in them when they want to get in there and get active. Absolutely, absolutely. So there were there were a couple of times where I literally saw, and I, I can't wait to watch the all twenty two and send it to you left because. I think some of your frustration with Sam Hartman was you're getting blitzed, but you're missing open receivers. Like Chris Tyree was open twice coming across. That's right. And based upon the all 22 we saw from Ohio State, it was like, yo, does Sam Hartman have an issue with Chris Tyree? Yeah. Because we saw Chris Tyree open on the all 22 against Ohio State like four or five times. And we wondered like, yo, what is Sam looking at? Yeah, and I think that's it, it falls in line to the job requirement that you signed up for transferring is that you may not need to have the 65-yard cannon like some people in college football, but when there's opportunities to gut teams in the games that we're supposed to close our eyes and win, you have supposed to have that experience where we lacked to find those open guys versus pressure. That's what the comfort of having a guy that's thrown for 12,000 yards, been in college for five years, 40, 50 game starter. That's what you bring him here for. For those third down blitzes where they're bringing everybody and you find an open man because you've seen it before. And that's the only thing that we that I felt like was the positive and bring you over here because Tyler Buckner can't get used to that. He still can't get on the field. Drew Pine is not going to have enough talent to stay on the field or experience Mm -hmm. to see Mm -hmm. that things and be ready for it. So when it comes to your area of expertise, Sam, yeah, you're accurate, but we need you to do that thing on third down that we didn't have before. And so to not see it, we're Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, well, where's the talent at then? 
If it's got to be one or the other. Either either you got a specific skill set that you've crafted yeah. and mastered playing 50 games that, you know, these little blitzes that they send in, you're supposed to be finding the answer for. Like Kyle McCord, they was sending, we were sending those middle linebacker blitzes we love to send. He kept finding the answer. That doesn't take a strong arm or be 6'5 and 200 pound plus and you got all the intangibles. That's just a simple veteran thing that we required you to do. So it definitely shows where the struggles and the success of that position, as opposed to a guy like Shador Sanders, who may have 22 sacks on the season, 25 sacks on the season, but they're mm -hmm. scoring. They're getting in the 40s having one of the worst offensive lines. So we can't just act like, oh, Sam's taking a bunch of sacks, so it's the offensive line while he's not being productive. We're seeing guys take 22-plus sacks, still scoring 40 in a game. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Remember when I asked Notre Dame fans, would they take the Notre Dame wide receiver core or the Colorado wide receiver core remember i asked that question on the podcast and there were a lot of fans that said i'll take the depth of notre dame's wide receiver core well colorado had a true freshman come in yesterday and put up massive numbers that didn't even play the first three weeks didn't even play came in catching deep balls came in you know, making so, and someone in the chat said that sam hartman had never played against uh, Mike Elso, Elko defense. That's not true. I don't want to hear nothing about no. He put up 31 points against Mike Elko's defense at Wake Forest last year, threw for 347 yards and three touchdowns. Sam Just Hartman last year. played 50 games in college football. Mike so Elko seeing Mike football. Elko's defense is not. It's nothing. It's nothing. nothing. We're not giving that excuse out. We're not, we're not letting you take that one. They tore him last games, year. 50 games and 12,000 yards under his belt. I'm not listening to, oh, he played Mike Elko. Mike Elko ain't tackling nobody. Mike Elko isn't doing nothing but sending them 11 starters on defense that couldn't get into Notre Dame. And say I'm supposed to torch, torch him and, and fry him like, like he's brought here to do. Hey, so uh, did you see, did you happen to see Marcus Freeman post game on the field left? I didn't get a chance to. Because, you know, people people thought we were tripping a little bit. I just want to be able to say that post-game, Marcus Freeman was like, yeah, on the 4th and 16, he went for it. 
When you have those opportunities, you have to have maximum effort and, and go for it. And then in his post-game comments, he uh, alluded to the fact that he had a conversation with Sam about that fourth and one last week and how important it is to put forth effort in those situations and games like that. That's right. But people, but people told us we were tripping when we said, yo, it seems like Sam gave minimal effort. Yeah, we needed we needed more that. effort last time. That's right. And I'm like, yo, I'm just saying, it's Ohio State. It's fourth down. It's Ohio you, State. It's fourth and four. You got to give me that. Lower your shoulder. Yeah, you can't. That's all we're asking. <laughs> Don't just run out of bounds. Yeah, you can't just run out of bounds in that situation, man. You had to. And, 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 and lo and behold, what did he do next week? Fourth and one, he running people over. Fourth and 16, he looking for contact. <laughs> That man dove over. He, he dove over. He dove he, over the. It was almost like he saw the yellow line that's on the TV. He dove yeah, over the first. Yeah. He four for sixteen. He got the the pickup. He picked man. up sixteen and, and put his head down for a couple more. He said it ain't good enough to get to sixteen. I got to get seventeen, eighteen on this. Run somebody over. Dude. Well, good. Well, even though it's a little too late. But dang, it's it's good that when we needed it, you showed that you're willing to do it. It's so funny because when he said it, I'm like, we like yes, it's a criticism. Like Sam Hartman can be criticized. It, he can be criticized. That is a big moment in a huge game. My man, lower your shoulder. Go get the first down. That fourth and 16 wasn't the, wasn't the only time he did it. He did it he another did the fourth time. and one earlier. Yeah. And ran a dude. It got and, and took a hit too. He, yeah. he, he took a hit on the one he lowered his shoulder on in earlier in the game. But you know, you when when you holding the ball that damn long. Because we can talk about that. When you're holding the and ball too damn long, you better finish strong. That is something you pointed out. <laughs> you pointed out that he he tends to hold the ball. I don't know what the issue is. Because he held the ball. And maybe he's just trying to allow Mitchell Evans. Because of the situation last night, he doesn't have faith in Tobias. Yeah, I think he was holding for Mitchell Evans on the line. He was just like, yo, Mitchell Evans is is my guy. I'm going to him. But once again, you keep missing Chris Tyree open on the move. It's that short-to-short connection. He's short. Chris Tyree's short. He feel like he need a bigger target range. And Mitchell Evans just happens to be Mm -hmm. big over the middle and better than any of these little guys that keep trying to guard him. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes sense. I mean, it's kind of that tight end effect. We happen to, to have tight ends that are pretty damn talented that are easy safety blankets and bigger targets than the Chris Tyrese and, of the world and then the Tobias that are close to the sideline, little out, little faster than my arm, can outrun it. And Chris Tyree, if I ain't on time right now, he may outrun it, but also he's small, so... I might overthrow it and hit a safety. It might be all bad. So it's a lot of different things you think about uh, as to why not, especially if he's holding on to it. He's probably uh, consigned to the fact that he's like, listen, this is not time to get cute. I'm going to go to who I feel most comfortable. Mitchell Evans is the biggest, biggest, he's the biggest mismatch. 
and you, you what you can't go wrong with it and i understand that uh unfortunately uh, we would like him to have that attitude about some of our younger guys which he does uh, rico flores he's went to in some situations and mm-hmm. uh, tobias he's tried to force it in some situations also but you tobias know. tobias Tobias has no problem getting open. That, exactly. The offensive pass he, he was open. Like he has no problem getting open at all. He's just not used to the ball coming his way. <laughs> Either he's, his confidence is low. Yeah. Or he didn't have to push Al Blaze. All he had yeah, to do was just hold. All he had to do was hold his arm. Just because he's way just, bigger than him. Just just bomb. That's it. That's what every receiver does. Just Arm bomb, and then you you drop the ball in your hands anyway. Yeah, it was dead in his hands. He dropped it anyway. He man, his confidence is not there. I don't know what they can do, but the kid he's not having a problem getting open. He's not. Three times that's last why, that's night. Why, that's why he's on the field because he can get open. Yeah, three times last night. I guess Al Blades or uh, uh, Junior is supposed to be their best defensive back. Tobias ran by that dude like three times last night. Like, Tobias got to change his life though, because it's you know it's, it's it's we talk about it, change of life. That that push off was so unnecessary, but you could have so lost unnecessary. Could have lost us the game. That you definitely know? was a huge penalty. You put us back second and sixteen. We looking around like there ain't many calls for that. Mm-mm. You just Mm-mm. and just like that, you you put us in a real tough position, not trusting your own ability, because that's what it came down to. That's a that's a you don't trust yourself, in 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 the train moments that you have, yeah. that you do that outrageous push off because you're like, my talent isn't, I ain't that confident yet. Yeah, because ain't nobody, ain't no receiver that's elite. Pushing off like that, unless they're either frustrated with the DB, or they just not confident to where they like, I need to clearly get this dude yeah. off of me because I need to focus on catching. It's, it's it's some psychological things in there because you're not just pushing off in the clutch like that for no reason. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't happen. Right. You see an offensive pass interference late. No, no, you usually see a defensive pass interference late. Right, because the DB is panicking because he got beat by a confident receiver. See, that's how it, that's how football is supposed to go, right? Mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison Jr. last week, the one against Ben Morrison, could have could have you could have been like that could have been offensive passing for, but because he's confident, he knows what he's doing. He let Ben grab on him a little bit more. He let it be a little bit more obvious, but he what what happened? He made the catch. That's the difference. Yeah. He had the best cornerback, arguably, in the country, dragging on him, pulling on him. He said, that's okay. He has that much confidence that he still made the catch. Yeah. Tobias got to get to that because it's a confidence thing, not a talent issue because he's open. If it was a talent issue, he wouldn't be open. And then we're like, oh, well, we got to find guys that can get open. He's open. He's got to have the confidence to finish. So. So it's questions like that. We talked about Sam Hartman. He didn't play his best game early on. And 
That cat Zeke Carell. Amen. You can't commit the penalties that you commit and then allow Carter to just run you back into the quarterback, bro. You can't allow another man to pick pick you up and just push you back 10 yards. Where's your pride? Where's your pride, man? That was embarrassing. I'm like, dude, this is the play we're getting from the interior of this offensive line tonight. Every week, all I need the interior of the offensive line to do is compete. Just compete. But last night, that cat Zeke Carell was on one. Yeah. He was, he was on one last night. I don't know what that the deal much. was. Well, you know, it's one of those things where when that happens, you have to be able to find an answer as an adjustment mid-game. I don't think we made adjustments for him. I don't think Zeke individually made adjustments in the second half because he was getting whooped the whole game. <laughs> he was getting whooped the whole game. And so, you know, not everybody has an A game, but, hell, you, you can't be giving that up. It's still Duke. Duke mm -hmm. may go on and lose three or four more games just because they're not good football team, number one, two. They can't score a lot of points either. So their games against North Carolina State, Louisville, Clemson, those are close games for them. When you throw Notre Dame in there, that shouldn't have been a close game. Uh, somebody asked us if Mike Elko would have come at us the, like Ryan Day came at Luke. I prompt, I'm so disrespectful towards Duke. I wish Mike Elko would say something to me. Yeah. I have a bunch of stuff I could tell him about his team. Of course. Like y'all, like y'all are mid, bro. Super. I don't care what the score was. Y'all are mid. They all look yeah. small too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we found a field goal kicker that's more inconsistent than ours. Yeah. I mean, he was missing it like he was mad at the team. Bruh. Like, I'm sorry, sir. You have a Mike Elko, you're you're a great magician because the illusions that you are pulling off with that roster you have, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, like you said, it's amazing to get that first win. You give up 400 total yards of offense yeah. and end up beating the team. That's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And then, you know what amazes me, bro? Let's switch to the defensive side. I tip my cap because the first play from scrimmage, Duke went at Benjamin Morrison and got a completion. And I said, okay, that's great strategy because you're like, okay, we're not going to be scared of this dude. We're going to go at their best player, the first play of the game. First play of the game. We're going to go at him the first play of the game. That was it. That was it, though. <laughs> that was it though like and, okay you got one you got a nice little back shoulder that's yeah. nice let yeah. me say this last week we said it's very 
it's very much a possibility that the program won't take the next step until Marcus Freeman has all his guys in the program. Yeah. Right? Bruh, I, I'm I'm just done. I'm I'm done watching Maris and JD Tao get into <laughs> the backfield and miss tackles. I, I I'm I'm done. I'm tired of seeing it. We already know what the we already know what we're gonna look at at Louisville. They're gonna get in the backfield and miss tackles again. Yeah, we already know it. You know, Duke had nothing to go to. They went to the quarterback run. The quarterback run, and then the quarterback run was getting off because of JD and Marys. Yes, missed assignments, missed tackles, uh, not coming over the top, allowing not him coming to get over the, the top, corner, letting the quarterback just run. Yeah, like what are you doing, Marys? What are you tired? If you're tired, we got subs. But you letting Riley run over? That's just that's embarrassing. It, it is. I don't know the game fans. I'm I'm not just speaking for me. I, I don't know how much you can see it every week. Every week they are in the backfield missing tackles, bro. <laughs> every week. And I I'm done. I'm done. And if you're telling me that there is no better option. Yeah, we we just we, hey, we just want we gonna have to live this experience, bro. Yeah, definitely taking a step back in terms of urgency on offense. It's like we go out there and we rep plays that we know we can get, and we're not scheming to score against teams. We're just running what we know. Our play calling doesn't seem intentional like it was in the first couple of weeks because now it just seems bland of reruns of what we did successfully the week before instead of scheming against a team being a threat versus defense based off of how they play us. We've been kind of in the backseat of, oh, we'll just keep running this play because it works every time. But there's no it doesn't seem like there's a scheme being implemented doesn't seem like things are being set up like they were for North Carolina. We play NC State and we did, okay, we went 12. We run right, run left, and we slipped the tight end out the back. Yeah. Off the same formation. Against Duke, it was just like, oh, we ran this good play from Ohio State. That was good. Oh, we ran this good play from, from Navy. Let's go back to that. Oh, we, we're good on the inside run. It, it worked all, all week last week. But – not realizing that it doesn't come up with points. Mm -hmm. And secondly, it's, it's so conservative to where you put yourself in danger to the other team sticking around. And that's truly what made this game feel like what it shouldn't have been is because we weren't on the aggressive side of scoring points. We were just comfortable letting this team hang around because we knew they couldn't, they couldn't beat us. But when it comes down to the final couple minutes you look up and be like oh this is a, it's a one score game mm -hmm. oh we, we down three yeah wake up you have to score points in order to feel comfortable to separate yourself from a margin of victory level you're just feeling comfortable because you know they can't score you just like, oh they're gonna try three and now that's easy well we got seven okay we just hold a seven point lead that's still leaving teams in the running 
it's not good enough to be beating teams by ten and fourteen or and then and then taking your foot off the gas running plays to just waste time. There should have been an expedited effort for us to feel like we need to score as soon as possible every drive. Yeah. What are we having long drives for? We don't need them. That's that's what <laughs> that's what had me so confused. It's like we have enough talent to where we don't need short long drives. We don't need to go ten plays because we want to. We can go five plays and throw it over their head and have some explosive runs on command because we're the more talented team. We're like, oh, man, we got to have a 12-play drive. We got we to gotta gas them right here. Why are we trying to gas a team that we're better than? So until we understand that about ourselves, but it goes back to I'm not surprised because Jared Parker was here during Tommy's stint as well. Yeah. So – yeah, he may have felt there was a couple of things he could do differently, but he was still in them game plans where we're leaving all these games as close as they are. He ain't that much different than Tommy. You know, you was in all the meetings and all them rooms and strategies about how we're going to play these teams, and I remember how we were playing them teams back then. Just good enough. Just comfortable enough. Yeah. Never trying to overextend ourselves when we when we can really run it up on teams, and so that that requires a, you know it's hard. You know, number one is hard, yeah. especially when you're expected to do it every week. Yeah. But two, when you're not, when you don't have your identity of doing that, and you just have the the system that you had before. I mean, you know, it can only go so far because teams are trying to really stop you. We got teams that are really trying to stop us. Mm -hmm. So I don't care if it's Duke or Alabama or Georgia or anyone in between. We always have to remain a threat. And a threat is by scoring football points, just like we were in the first three, four weeks. And it shouldn't change, even though we feel comfortable that we can walk into any situation and come out victorious. Yeah. As someone in the chat, I'd look, once again, we watched the All-22. Sam Hartman did not play well against Ohio State. He, he missed a bunch of open receivers. And from the TV view last night, I saw him miss Chris Tyree coming across on drag routes twice when he was being blitzed. All he had to do was just hit his back foot, anticipate like good quarterbacks do, and hit Chris Tyree on the run, first down. That's all he had to do. He missed him twice. I'm sure when I watched the All-22 this week, I'm sure he missed that whole no one was open last night. That's not true. Tobias Merriweather was beating his man all night long. That's not true. Chris Tyree was open. Matter of fact, left the play that almost ended in an interception where the free safety squatted and didn't take the post route via run by Rico. Honestly, Sam should have put a little bit more on the throw instead of just lofting it. No, exactly. Put a little more on the throw. And Chris Tyree, and I was listening to Brian Driscoll last night, and I want to watch the all 22 of it because he made a good point. He said when Tyree ran the route, he probably ran it a little bit deeper 
than he was supposed to, which made it easier for the safety to play it because he didn't have room, you know, a lot of room to come up. But I have to see the all 22, but I'm not, dude, we're not about to sit here. Sam Hartman didn't have a good game last night. Rico was wide open in the seam. Sam Hartman threw the ball 10 yards over his head. He was wide open. Wide open for a big play. He overthrew him. He had two or three throws like that. He didn't have his best game. But when it mattered the most, 95 yards from the end zone, hey, he did what he had to do. That's all yeah, That's all that matters at the end of the day. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. We're, we're just speaking on him making it harder than what it should have been. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have been that hard. Because you know, if you hit the passes that you could have easily sealed the deal with a lot earlier, we wouldn't be in a 95-yard drive situation. But these are the difference between us and a guy like Caleb Williams, who Caleb Williams missed some passes this weekend. Caleb's second half was not good. Not good. No. Caleb won the first half, should do it one the second half. Easily. But but when Caleb needed to make some throws to, to make some points on the board, he was getting it done. And so that's just the difference. When Sam needed to, he he had to he had to get it going very, very late. Yeah. When Caleb needed to, he it was no question. Yeah, you may miss a few here and there, but he's gonna put them points on the board. And I think that's where the, the tears start to fall in line when you get later in the season, they start to reveal themselves of who's really a top tier quarterback and who's not. Everybody plays good when you come in fresh out of camp. Everybody plays good. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks good. But by that October, November. Mid-October, late November, or early November. All right, Caleb's like that. He's doing it every week. Mm-hmm. These these front-running quarterbacks that got enough juice to get you to, to eight games and then falter after that. Because it's hard. And, and, it, and it takes a special type of talent to keep it going all season because everybody gets tired around week seven or eight. Everybody. Everybody's like, man, all right. It's getting a little bit monotonous, you know. And that's when the quarterbacks that are like that dig deep. And that's why you have so much separation towards the end. And unfortunately, you know, we know Sam's limitations. So we know that if it's not firing on all cylinders, it's not going to be a huge margin of victory for a, with a Sam-driven team. It's going to be some tighter games than usual. We're better. We can win for sure, but it may take a little longer. You put a guy like Caleb Williams on our team and we go against Duke, we're not talking about this game. We're not talking about this. This would be like a, Mich- a Central Michigan game. See, see, I'm glad you said that, Left, because that – You would have seen Tobias catch it all of a sudden. You would have seen Chris Tyree have – I mean, yeah. come on, like – if Four Caleb for sixteen, Williams, him running, it wouldn't have been a wouldn't have been a thing that we pointed out. It's no. just like that's what he does. Yes. First of all, <laughs> Duke, Duke would not have blitzed as much if Caleb oh. was a quarterback. No. It was just a different game. All yes. around. So, and that yeah. is, I will put that on what you spoke about earlier, where Jared Parker basically just, oh, I did this week one. I did this week, too. So, basically, you're just going to continue to call the things that you called 
that are on film that people can see and be prepared for. Last night, the defensive ends from Duke just kept crashing from the ends. There was no counter to that. None. No pick. They ran, they, they ran toss a couple of times. But how about running off tackle? If they're just going to naturally pitch, run power. Run off tackle. Take advantage of these dudes. Throw swing passes to your running backs. It's just a lot of things you could have could have done. And they and by doing that, they just exposed Sam not being that great of an athlete. When you crash the pocket and make him get out of the pocket, you have a man spying him and attacking him as soon as he gets out of there. You know, that's that's a, that's what Georgia does a lot. The teams with Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. Yeah. Just have them just run in there crazy, get the guy to get out of there, get a linebacker to clean him up. So that's a pretty standard way people have been running uh these types of games but for sam hartman man it's just a matter of you know it's a little harder than just rolling out six receivers for a thousand yards at notre dame we have a huge confidence problem in our receiver room because the confidence leads to i mean the non-confidence of the receiver room in general leads to guys kind of being sheepish in big moments or clutch moments in the game we don't have the confidence of the running back room. There's a, there's, a, there's a huge difference between the confidence in the running back room and the confidence in the receiver room. You know, you don't have a guy like JT out there. He's not a very vocal guy. Mm-hmm. Little hurt, Deion's Cozley's hurt. Coming out of a, a, a year before where there was still so much undiscovered talent, Tobias finally getting on some kind of track, but it's not where it should be. So there's more of a confidence issue in this in this receiver room that 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 kind of falls on Sam to develop those relationships, you, to boost them up in that aspect. Yeah, everybody likes you as a leader. You know, you run over there and shake Riley's hand when his ankle all broken up after the game after you just whooped up on him. But mm-hmm. I don't want to see that. I want to see you trying to run into Tobias after the game, get in his head space, or how much you need him to, to, to be better. No. Because that's what it's about. You know, now it's getting into the season where you can't be the good guy. This is not a – we don't need to see the good guy, Sam, where you just so nonchalantly talking about everything and everything is about the team. You need to be – Working on how do you develop those relationships with the confidence? Because when you're third and whatever, you're looking towards Mitchell Evans. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's not going to win you no playoff games. It's not. You looking for Mitchell Evans all game, it's not going to win us no games. That's what we got caught in last year. Mm-hmm. So if that's got to be Rico Flores, it's got to be your guy because he, he got all this confidence because he don't know what he don't know. That's what you're going to have to ride with. But when you're beating the confidence into some of these older horses like JT and Dion and Chris Tyree and Tobias, who you who's out there for you, we got to see that develop in these courses as these weeks grow. Because when they don't, it makes your job harder, Sam. When you're getting sacked and you can't find nobody down the field and that hurts Jared, confidence, Jared Parker's confidence in calling the – the plays needed because he's like, who you going to go to? Because mm-hmm. then you start going to just Mitchell Evans himself and avoiding Chris Tyree flashes open. JT finally shakes open because of the play design. 
with you so like, man, the only guy I got confidence is Mitchell Evans. That's what it turns into. He he did go to Rico late. He did. Right? The pass and the By the way, that was that was gonna be a beautiful double move by Rico. He had that dude. That's why the DB had to grab his shoulder pad. That was a beautiful route that led to the pass interference to start that drive off of them. And then uh, I believe Rico cleared for Mitchell Evans to get that big reception. Then, you know, we had the penalties and all of that, and fourth and 16, and we convert. Um, once again, in the fourth quarter, Rico, and I'm sure Rico, that was the most plays he had played in the game i'm pretty sure rico was gassed at that point i'm pretty sure he's gassed i see you guys have a great conversation going about the acc first of all <laughs> i don't think duke is winning the acc healthy and the way Riley's ankle looked, I think Riley's either he's going to be hampered and not be a hundred percent, or he's going to miss at least two games. And I don't think I don't see Duke being able. Eight and five team moving forward. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't. Their season's over. Yes, I don't good, see them good, winning good try, those two El games. Good try, Elko. <laughs> Kyron Kyron Drones, that's the transfer quarterback. Oh, from Baylor. Yeah, Baylor. bro. Hey, he he's he's a problem. He's, he's a huge problem. problem. I don't know what Virginia Tech has around him, particularly. Tyler Jones is huge. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they he can is. help that brother out. He's like 6'5", 225. <laughs> he's like, he's huge. Hey, he put on a show against Pitt last night. This is this first of all, you say, well man, you watched the Virginia Tech pick game? Yes. I was bored by Notre Dame Duke. Yeah. I'm watching in the third quarter. I'm like, dude, 13 to nothing. I'm like, man, I can turn and watch something else right now. Cause this just like last year. What we say? We missed the whole first half. Nothing happened. Nothing. You come back and be seven to zero. You know, missed the whole first half. You would have thought it was a rain delay or something from the non-action happening in the first half. I was watching. Matter of fact, I was watching Power. Because mm -hmm. I was like, no way this game is this boring. Let me tune yeah. in when it, when it gets to the final, final drive. Yeah. But that's reminiscent of the last nine, ten years. How did we get back to that so fast? Well, like you said, Marcus Freeman ain't got all his guys in. And Jared Parker is still not one of his guys. As much as we love what appeared to be a little different, mm -hmm. we still got the same results that we're having from the year before. Yeah. Necessarily. We have a better team. At least we can say we had a better team, but we're producing the same results. Yeah. Man, y'all being a little disrespectful in the chat. Sam Hartman is way better than Drew Pine. It's not even close. Yes, he's way better than Drew Pine. Like, there is no comparison. 
with Sam Hartman and Drew Pine. This also goes back to what Mark Freeman said in his press conference when we got Jared Parker. What did Marcus Freeman say? This may not be the offense that I wanted, but it's the offense that we need to help the players that we have grow and expand right now. He said that because he knew the offense he was getting was more like Tommy's than it would be the identity in which he wanted it to be. He said, but this offense will help the guys that we have on this roster develop, yada, 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 yada. Basically saying, it ain't, it, look, I, I showed y'all what I wanted. Andy Lugway, I showed the school and every the fan base who I was trying to get in, who I was recruiting. We don't have that. We got the great value version of what we had previously. It's not what I wanted, but it'll help because the guys know it. He told you. So when we start seeing these repeat performances of wanting way more than what we're putting out there, don't be surprised. It ain't Marcus Freeman's total control yet. You on mute. You hit it spot on, love. I mean, you did. You hit it spot on. Um... Oh, 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 oh,